0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. We're glad that you've decided to join us as we continue in our Bible Word series. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at the college, and we're pleased to once again have a member of DCC's Bible faculty, Dr. David White, sharing with us. Dr. White, it's good to have you. It's good to be here. Dr. White's in his ninth year of teaching here at Dallas Christian College, and he also serves as the senior minister at Lakeview Christian Church in Garland, Texas. Joining Dr. White for today's discussion will be the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. Eddie, it's good to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks. Hello.
0: I'm going to turn it over to you now, Dr. Sanders, and let you lead into this week's podcast and introduce this week's Bible Word.
1: Yes, thanks. So this is a word we hear around the church every week gospel and so i think this is a challenging one because we say this we hear this do we get the depth of what scripture is communicating here do we oh absolutely not (laughs) it's it's one of those church words
2: uh i talk to our congregation all the time said stop using church language when you're not in church and Sometimes when you're in church, you know, we, we use these terms and these words that, to be honest, we don't know what they mean, mm-hmm. or the average person doesn't know what they mean, and then we try and communicate that to someone who who needs to hear the gospel, and uh, we miss it. So let's jump right in. Yep. The gospel, what is it? Well, it's a proclamation. That's what it is. It's like saying, hey, here it is. I... I was thinking this week about um the end of World War II and those huge newspaper head headings victory over Japan victory in Europe and seeing you know Times Square go nuts you've got the the I was it the sailor kissing the girl and all that kind of stuff that went on it's the proclamation mm-hmm. this is the good news mm-hmm. now we need to define that what good news sure uh, and of course that we we know it's the good news of Jesus Christ but just the whole idea and and then the idea that there are many proclamations throughout scripture right let's start in the old testament one of my favorite ones comes from the book of Isaiah um Isaiah 40 uh go go on up on the high mountains O Zion herald of good news lift up your voice With strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news, lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. What is the good news? The good news is, here is God. You will find God in Jerusalem. That is incredible news. So the, the, the prophet, you know, what, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, says, Behold, here is your God. That's the same good news that we have today. Look, world, you're looking for a God. Here he is. You know, it's not something you have to do something crazy for. He is here. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Um, And especially when you think about, you know, as Isaiah is writing this, are they yet in Babylon? Are they heading to Babylon? There's no temple. Can you imagine just the hopelessness? of being in Babylon, no temple, no king, you're in captivity, you have no freedom, and all of a sudden the prophet stands up and says, behold, here is your God. In other words, God's here in Babylon even. So that would be, uh, I think, some good news in some dark times.
1: Yeah, you you stir something up for me. People are always looking for mm-hmm. something, whether it's politics, the economy, education, the the list is is endless, right? But people are looking, and it's striking that you say the gospel at its its core is a proclamation. So people are looking, and here's a message. Yes,
2: very much so. Very much so. And um, then, well, let's shift to the New Testament because, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you— it's throughout. I mean, sure. from beginning to end, the, the gospel of Jesus, talking about the gospel. And, and Luke really uses the gospel more than any other of the gospels, uh, the stories of Jesus. But I want to focus on Mark because I, I found something in Mark that is interesting because theologians look at um, the idea of Mark and studying Mark, and it's the messianic secret. Who is Jesus? You even get to the end of Mark and the, the original, probably the original ending ends in 16.8 where the, the announcement, the, the, the Jesus you're looking for is not here. He's risen from the dead. Boom, it's, out, it's mm-hmm. done. Yep. And if that's the case, the question is, okay, who do you say Jesus is? And that is the, the big secret we have throughout the, the gospel of Mark except at the beginning. Because at the beginning, Mark begins his gospel this way. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, for most of us in the church, we think, oh, that's, that's kind of okay. He's opening his gospel. Typical opening. It's a gospel after all. So, of course, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. But overall, Mark wasn't really writing to us when he wrote his gospel If you follow what, again, the the historians look at, they believe that the gospel of Mark, Mark wrote it in Rome, which adds a whole new flavor to everything we're talking about here. Because there's this idea that, uh, well, let's go back. Let's go back to about another maybe 100, 150 years. Because there was this guy in Rome named Julius Caesar, who he was just... Absolutely certain he was going in and the Senate was going to say, you are the emperor. You are the you're the head honcho. You're the guy. We want to be the first emperor of the Roman Empire. And so he walks in and, well, didn't kind of end up that way. Uh, <laughs> kind of got stabbed in the back by his best friend and many others. <laughs> but then the Romans elevate Octavian to be the emperor. And he takes the name Augustus Caesar. And in that, there is something really interesting. When Caesar Augustus was proclaimed emperor, there was a proclamation that went out throughout Rome. It referred to Augustus Caesar as the soter, Greek word, savior. He was there. He was the savior of the Roman Empire. And this brought with it the idea of political and just security and safety. And the year of Augustus was considered, or the year of Augustus's birth was considered the beginning of the good news.
1: Hmm. Another proclamation.
2: Another proclamation. Now think about what Mark is doing here. The beginning of the good news. Everybody in Rome would know exactly what he's talking about, right? He's talking about Augustus. All of a sudden, it's the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Um, I grew up in an area where, where there was a phrase, them were fighting words. Those are fighting words. Those are some areas where, okay, something's going on. And now maybe looking at the historical context, we can see Mark's proclamation. Yes, it's good news, but it's a big deal in the Roman world. So he goes on to say, okay, who, who then do you say Jesus is? And uh, we go through, and the, the question is, let's go back to Isaiah. Here is your God. The proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. Who do you say Jesus is? So Jesus rises from the dead at the end of Mark. Okay, now who do you say he is? Who is your God, Augustus Caesar or Jesus Christ? Who are you going to worship, the world or Jesus?
1: So it sounds like history and the world in which we live is filled with a long list of proclamations, and we get to pick one.
2: Yes. Which one are we going to believe? Which one are we going to follow? Now, from that, that has a kind of a, a the, the kind of the first way to look at the gospel. We look at it as a proclamation of you make your decision on who Jesus is. Now, I made that decision when I was ten years old. Reaffirmed it later in life. Many of our our listeners. Probably did the same thing at some point, accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So what does the gospel then mean to the believer? Not to the one searching, but to the believer. Great so question. We we've got kind of two working definitions depending on who you are. So we we jump into um kind of Pauline theology. What does Paul talk about when he talks about the gospel? Um, I, I love the fact the way he, he begins the, this idea of uh, the the impact of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Remember, Paul didn't become a follower until after the death, burial, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So he heard the gospel literally from Jesus himself on the road to Damascus. But then he goes in. And I love what he says here in Philippians He says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let the way you live be worthy of the gospel. And he's adding something here to our understanding of gospel. All of a sudden, there's an ethical element, an ethos, how we do life. The gospel is a proclamation of who Jesus is and our response to the gospel is the is the way we do life the ethos the ethos of life and it's he's really calling for a a very high standard of living he's saying okay you who have said Jesus is the Christ the son of the living god you now have well a high standard to, the, the bars high the bars high for us and uh you know, Paul points out time and time again, I think about the Corinthians, you know, it's Jesus and Jesus crucified, and you're supposed to live up to that ideal, that idea of what it means to live a crucified life.
1: What you're, what you're sharing is simultaneously profound and simplistic. We hear proclamations all the time, whether they're worldview ones that we've talked mm-hmm. about or whether they're ones for a, a sports team. Play like champions. there's a proclamation, and then in the same way, don't make errors. Run the ball well, make the shot, practice hard, all that. There's a way to follow. The, we, we see this every day. Oh yeah, think of the go, go back to
2: the movie Rudy, the the guy who played for Notre Dame who, okay and, and think of it, they're going out of the tunnel and there's that sign, you know, above the door that all the players jump up and hit. Play like champions today. Yep. Maybe the proclamation isn't play like champions, but live like Christ today. Yep. Live like Christ and Christ crucified. Um, was it Michael Gorman has written that book, a uh, credible book called um, Cruciformity, that idea of being conformed to the image. And, and this proclamation is telling us what we're supposed to live like And, you know, like Paul says, it's it's deeper than we might even
1: desire to think. This is very helpful because that's the piece that we sometimes forget. You know, the gospel is just so associated with the early days of Christianity. And we know there's the ethical component, but that ethical component is still gospel-driven in the cruciform life. Explains it. It does, and um, so
2: basically, I kind of want to wrap up. Don't want to go too long on this, which you know, this is one we could talk about forever. But uh, you know, we we've really got two definitions. You know, Eddie, you asked when, when you asked me to do this. You know, give me a firm definition. Well, it's a proclamation, but it's a proclamation about who Jesus is. And once you've made that decision. You know, I I had uh, a—Eleanor Daniel was one of my professors in seminary. Love that lady. She was incredible. But she said, whenever you make that proclamation and somebody makes that decision, you've always got to have the so what, Mm. that application. And that application is the ethical element that Paul brings in. So, yes, the gospel is the proclamation of who Jesus is, but it's also the proclamation that we have a high bar to follow, that we are to live like Christ. And— For the most part, I think that first element is probably understood in the church. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the second.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh,
2: When I was working many, many years ago, I was working on my thesis, and I was doing a historical church growth plant looking at CETA in the the Houston area. And I had my questions for all the interviews and all that kind of stuff. And my major professor at the time, uh, Fred Norris, Said, I got a question I want you to ask, and and when Fred said something like that, you did it, and uh, <laughs> he uh, he said, I want you to ask him this question: What's the difference between your church and a country club without a golf course? And I interviewed five different preachers. One had an answer, mm. and that scared me. You know, you know oh, do, do we need like a, a putting green in the back or a par three <laughs> on the back, you know, uh, to, to be a true country club? And, you know, the church isn't a country club without a golf course. Yeah. It's and a call to living a strong life for And to
1: return to your, your image of right when World War II ends and in Times Square and that picture, everybody knew what to go do. Go live and enjoy your life, yes. enjoy your family, be with them, throw, th- play catch with your son, all yeah. that, and and based on what you've shared, yeah, there there, there is a follow up to this, and it's not to be a country club. No, it's to live
2: a life. I came across it, and as we wind down, I, you know, I I look at the need for the gospel today. Over the last couple of weeks, I pulled some headlines, some proclamations that came across my phone as those alerts that you get, those those newsfeed things. Here you go. Ready? OPEC cuts oil production 2 million barrels a day. Russia considers using atomic weapons in Ukraine. Unaccompanied migrant children shipped to New England. A government-funded drag queen story hour for kids in a public library. Mobs destroy businesses in Portland. US-South Korea naval war games in response to North Korea's missile launches. North Korea launches another missile. <laughs> Plano man arrested as peeping tom. Local police chief arrested for soliciting sex from a minor. 21-year-old Dallas woman shot and killed over a basketball game. 14 14- girls sexually abused by their youth pastor in Denton. That's the news we're getting. Tell me we don't need the gospel of Jesus Christ in our world. I look at the hopelessness and we need hope. We need
0: Jesus. Absolutely. Great words. Thank you, Dr. White, for sharing that. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast focusing on Bible words and our word Day is, is the gospel and our response to the gospel. If you would like to learn more about Dallas Christian College or our degree programs and available scholarships, you can check us out at our website, www.dallas.edu. Uh, Dallas Christian College educates and mentors students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ in the church and in the world. And we're committed to that cause and committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ more and more people so thank you for joining us today i pray that uh, what was shared has been inspiring and uh, encouraging to you and we'll have another uh, episode here in a couple of weeks as we continue in our series of bible words until then take care stay safe and have a great day